Welcome to the Faith Debate on News Radio 930 WFMD. I'm your gorgeous host, Troy Skinner. Joined by the even more gorgeous Daniel Rasby from the Church of Meet at Imran's house in uh, Thurmont, and also have a ministry called Conquered by Love online at conqueredbylove.org. And an even more gorgeous, you shouldn't have. <laughs> Elijah Dirksen, who is a seminary uh, student uh, pursuing an MDiv, a Master's of Divinity degree at Whitfield Theological Seminary in FLA, even though he lives in Iowa. So go figure that one out. And here he is in Maryland. I don't know. It's amazing what we can do in today's world, isn't it? Um, if you'd like to find me online and, and connect with the show and all that sort of stuff, the easiest and best way to do that is go to householdoffaithinchrist.com. That's the name of the church I pastor and everything that I do. It's a one-stop shop. You can connect with me. And if you want to connect with these guys, connect with me there, and I'll get you in touch with them. That's householdoffaithinchrist.com. If you missed last week's show, we started to lay the foundation for just defining terms of what is meant by theonomy. And we came to find uh, in our, by the end of that conversation that... We started all agreeing, and by the end, we are all disagreeing. So that shows you how complex and complicated this can all be. Um, I, we can't revisit all of that, but just to get you caught up to speed, because you might have missed last week's show, shame on you. Um, theonomy is uh, the idea that we take God's law and we apply it in some fashion into our lives. <laughs> That's a very simple way of thinking about it. It's like, oh, that makes sense, but what exactly does that look like, and most how far do we mean, go? And most people mean by theonomy that the civil government should be doing something related to God's law um, in their application For, of... Forcing people to repent. For, forcing people to... Re, I don't know about forcing... But forcing people at least to obey certain laws that are listed in the Bible. Um, you know, or the criminal justice system being related in some way. So I'll tell you, I, I'm fine, for, again, to kind of reorient the, the listener who might have missed the last show and, and they're coming at this cold today. Uh, you kind of know the players here and, and get out your scorecard and figure this all out. <laughs> so me, Troy Skinner, pastor of Household of Faith in Christ, uh, I'm fine if somebody wants to call me a theonomist, although a lot of more staunch advocates of theonomy wouldn't call me one. But uh, other people do call me one, and I'm fine with that because I believe we take God's word, his laws, and everything else, and we apply them in practical ways to all of life. And so that is, uh, at least in a loose fashion, uh, a way of defining theonomy or applying theonomy, and so I'm fine with that. Last week we learned that Elijah, he kind of agrees with that, but he might go just a little bit further than I do, and then... Daniel seemed to be the one in this room anyway who would go the furthest of the three of us, but uh, not as far as some people out there. But I think those some people out there, to be honest, I think we represent the spectrum of theonomy in this room. And I'm going to explain what I mean by that in a minute. I think uh, it's like the autism spectrum, you know? They, you, you <laughs> fall somewhere on the spectrum. And I think I would be like in the Asperger's sector of theonomy. <laughs> and uh, Daniel might be more in the uh, moderate, severe sector of, 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 of uh, autism spectrum. And then somewhere in the middle of all that would be Elijah. And those who would be further on the spectrum than Daniel is, I think they've crossed over into something else. I don't think they're theonomists anymore. I think they're advocating not for theonomy but for theocracy. And there's a difference the way I define things. I'm curious, though— do you guys define theocracy and theonomy differently? Well, how, how would you define it? To... So the way I'm defining theonomy is you take the general principles 
that we learn from God's Word, and we try to apply them as best as possible in a practical way, given a particular context. Theocracy is saying that the government is an ag- a direct agent for God and basically can be a, a uh, uh, can be a, uh, can be dictatorial in saying Bible says God says we get to decide these things because we're the government I'm the king and you're going to do what I say and I've got the sanction from God God has put me in this position and I basically I am a vicar of Christ I get to decide what it is I think that's a theocracy we're taking a very uh, a very big leap from how I'm defining theonomy. And I don't think Daniel's saying that. No, because that would be what the Pope does, which is add to Scripture and say, oh, and also you have to do these things because I'm the agent of God telling you this. Yeah, in a, in a church my, context. My Although in, in Vatican City context too, I guess, right? Yeah. But my application of, uh, of the Bible to the state would be that the state should follow what's prescribed for the state to do in the Bible and not add to it. Right. So Absolutely. I'm in, and that's one reason why I'm actually in favor of very, very limited government, extremely limited, you know, that there's very few things that are listed in the Bible that the government ought to be doing. And one of those is punishing things like murder and rape and theft. Um, and again, and idolatry and idolatry and blasphemy. And blasphemy. But, right. And those are the ones that get everybody's attention. Right. But. What the government doesn't do is welfare programs, is um, speeding laws, is uh, drug laws, and all, all the, those are not in the Bible anywhere. As for the civil government to lay out and punish people who disobey those, and so how are you I defining would, idolatry? By the way, I think that's an important thing. We brought it up last week. We brought it up this week. The public, I would define idolatry as the public profession to be worshiping a god other than. God, the, the 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 creator of the universe, the one God, but I Correct. would but I would not consider Muslims or Jews to be idolatrous. Where maybe uh, uh, some of you, the other two, might. Um, I I would say that there could potentially be a crime of idolatry, and there's also the sin of idolatry. The sin of idolatry is something where you, in your heart, worship something other than God. There's outward manifestations that can be criminalized in my mind. Like if I created an uh, an idol and said, right. "Everyone bow down to worship this." This I so think this. So if you put a Buddha on your mantle, that would be an example of a criminal idolatry. If you spend too much time watching TV and not enough what, uh, reading the Bible, that could be an example of sinful idolatry that the government shouldn't have any business punishing or you for. if you're a Buddhist, that would be a sinful idolatry, if but you it's put, not necessarily a criminal idolatry. If you put Muhammad ahead of Christ, are you guilty of idolatry? Uh, I would say that the, uh, somebody who values, uh, puts Muhammad uh, ahead of Christ, you would have to define because most people that revere Muhammad, revere him as a prophet and not as God. And I will say he's a false prophet, uh, uh, clearly, but they, I don't know that you'll be able to find anybody that would say that he is deity and worshiping a deity is what's idolatry. So the fact that you don't understand the fullness of who Christ is, that doesn't make it idolatry. That makes it could be make you in sin, could make you not saved, but it doesn't necessarily. Yes, yeah, so we had this discussion before, this. and I don't want to get in the weeds, but I think as a practical matter, I'm just going to give it as an example. And Elijah's going to be chomping. Oh, I want to enter that debate, but we can't do all the debates at once. You know, <laughs> we, we've already had the debate ourselves. So, yes. but let's just say, <laughs> let's say that um, the government let's, let's just let's just superimpose. Um, some sort of a theocratic leaning 
theonomy into the current situation. And the Congress of the United States decides that um, Islam teaches worship of a false god, so therefore by definition it's, it's idolatrous and every Muslim in the United States should be taken out back and stoned to death by their neighbors. And they pass that law. What ground would you have to stand on to fight against that? Well, um, if it's just their status as a Muslim, that's uh, I, I, like I was saying before. It's you can't civilly punish bad thoughts. That's something that God does on. Judgment no, they're not Day, just bad thoughts. They're bowing down and worshiping. They're praying multiple times a day. They're sure. In, in that case, they're I think publishing that, books and works that would point people away from the true God that, to a false God. That would be the crime of idolatry. And so, so you would support that law? Yes. Interesting, because I would not. So we're rather distinct. I, I, I would, <laughs> at first, I thought we were pretty close, but now I'm finding out we're, we're not. So, well, And again, these hypotheticals are really tough, because I wouldn't, I, I would reject the premise. That's where the rubber meets, meets the road, though, right? But I, but, I would re, but I would reject the premise that such a law could be passed in the first place, because I would not believe that that, that, that uh, um, is an idolatrous religion. Well, what, what is a nation that's following God You don't believe it's like? an idolatrous religion? No, they're not worshiping a false god. They don't. They're not. They're just not. But if the government that this is yeah, that's why I have the and debate. That's why I, and that's what, why I said. What if the government decides they are? You're saying that that's impossible for the government to decide that. I, I think it, it, to be if the if the government is applying the what idolatry is honestly, then they would not be able to pass such a law. So you're better served. No, no. If I were in of, charge, if I were made dictator of the I United know, you, States you tomorrow, I would pass it and I would defend it from scripture. And, and so I, I think we, we would... So what ground would you have to tell me I'm wrong? That's what I'm saying. You wouldn't, right? Well, you would my, support my, it, I guess. No, my, my, my grounds would be I, w I would fight against the law because I would say, no, they're actually not idolatrous in that case. See, that's if why... It Buddhism, need, that's if why it was Buddhism, if it was worshiping the Norse gods, so Nor Norse religions, yes, I would be on board with that. So some false gods are okay and other false gods aren't. All false gods are not okay. Uh, Allah the, is the, God. the Allah of the Quran is not the true God. And they, so, we've had says, this discussion before. so says the United States in the example I just put forward. And, and they would be wrong to say so. Oh, That's absolutely all. not. They'd be, they'd, be, they'd be honoring God and America <laughs> would be blessed. So, so do you think that <laughs> so do you, do you think that this country and all countries have a duty to repent and come before God and say, you are our king? Absolutely. And eventually okay. everyone will bow the knee. Okay. So how would that look like? What would that look like in your view? How would a nation apply God's law? How, how, would, how would they be a theonomic nation applying your principles of theonomy? It would be similar to like when the, when the, uh, the Jews are taken into captivity and they're told to uh, work towards and pray for the prosperity and peace of the nation where they were brought. God didn't send them there and say, now you're going to figure out how to convert everybody and turn Babylon into a... A, a theocracy or a theonomy. That didn't happen. We are to go and be salt and light while we're planted, to share the good news, uh, hope and pray that the Holy Spirit will move to convert and change hearts so the people will become... That's, that's the kingdom I'm working for. I don't want America to become the kingdom of God. Sure. I want to work for the true kingdom of God. And we conflate those two, I think, to our own detriment and to, the, and to the shame of the church, actually, to be honest with you. Because mm -hmm. so that's when I'm... That's, that's the... I mentioned this at the, as a teaser last week. I probably should get to the point. So sacralism or sacralism, however you want to pronounce that word, I hear it pronounced both ways. I'm not entirely sure which the 
best way to pronounce that is. Um, and see, defining these terms is hard. So I don't want to presume that the listener has any clue what I'm talking about. So you guys might know what I mean, but in fairness to the listener, I'm going to try to make an analogy that most people would probably understand, and it's an analogy, so it, it might fall apart a little bit, but hopefully it'll be helpful. So let's use a political category. So theocracy is to communism as sacralism is to fascism. That's how I'm defining my terms. So communism, it's a centralized government that's controlling everything in the economy, everything in the political world, right? They, it's, it's like one unified force. And fascism is you've still got the economic interests separate from the government interests, but they're so deeply intertwined with each other that they, they behave in many ways as though they're one, but at the same time they are separate, and so they're trying to influence each other for, one, for, the, for their own selfish advantage. So the, the business interests want selfish advantage, but they're going to use the government to get there, and the government wants their selfish advantage, but they're going to use the business, and they end up being so entwined and in bed with one another that they become almost indistinguishable, but they still are distinguishable. And that's how I'm defining my terms. So theocracy eliminates that distinction between church and state completely. The church and the state and, become one. It's like having Sharia law. And I think if, if that was the case, that's completely wrong. What I would say is Jesus is king over the nations. The nations are required to serve him, kiss the sun lest he destroy you, Psalm 2. Um, but the church is not the head over the state. God is the head over the, the state. God is the head over the church. God is the head over the family. Those two those three groups can keep each other accountable, but they can't rule over one another. See what, see what I'm saying a little bit? Yeah. Well, in, in, in certain spheres, maybe the government and the church both can rule over the family, right? Correct. And do. It, but they, they don't enter each other's sphere. They, the government does not... Right. Sh they should not tell you how to parent your kids. The church should not tell the government. Right. And that's what makes me nervous about the, the sacralism, because when they become deeply intertwined, the church starts uh, behaving in a way that blurs the line with the government. And the government starts blurring the line between the church and the state. But I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think you can have a government that follows the rules of the Bible without the church ruling over the government. It's God's word ruling over the government. Rather than I'm not no, the, church. Uh, the yeah. government doesn't get to make up their own laws that supposedly come from God. They they can only do the things that are listed in Scripture. What's the like? What's one of the most celebrated high points in Protestant uh, history? What, the Reformation. You mean? The Reformation, right? The glorious Protestants love the Reformation, right? Martin Luther, John Calvin, Zwingli, all those guys are great. We love them. <laughs> what happened within a generation of the Reformation? Well, those guys were still alive, actually. Luther and Calvin, all those guys, Zwingli. Christian brother killing Christian brother. Right. Because sacralism had taken root. There was this confusion of categories where the church was behaving like the state, the state was behaving like the church. That's not the right way to say it. They were intertwined in such a way they were leveraging influence on one another, and the government needed... Uh, needed more tax. One example would be the government needed more money, and the way they would, there was like a head tax on the members of the family, and you got registered into the government roles through the practice of baptism, and so they wanted people to be infant baptized, and some people, sure. but, but out of religious conviction, said, "No, I'm not going to do that." And so, what did the what did the church do in co in cooperation with the state? Drowned people, supposed fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. 
That's what sacralism does. We don't want that. But an example of how not to do it is not a reason not to do it. Every time sacralism, anything that approaches sacralism, it's how it's ended. What's, well, one, of the, all, what's all, one of the great blights all, on Christian history? All, what's one of the things we're embarrassed to talk about oftentimes? Inquisition? Crusades? I, I don't think that was done by the, the actual church. At least the, the, the first two. Did it happen by actual Christians? No. Not the Inquisition. Not the Inquisition, not the Crusades. So there were no, there were no actual Christians involved. So actual Christians never do anything wrong. I, I would be we're more, free from wrestling against sin. I, I would be more <laughs> nuanced on the Crusades, but the Inquisition, absolutely. I, I think that was all evil. Inquisition was a Catholic evil. thing. When they drowned people, the issue with, that I mentioned with the F, in the immediate aftermath of the Reformation was um, people had made up their minds that, you know what? I'm going to reject the infant baptism, and we're just going to do believer's baptism kind of thing. And so they weren't baptizing their children. Mm -hmm. and, and so they're Christians, and, right? And that's wrong. And the people that were advocating I, for infant baptism, you could say they—I know that you guys might say they're wrong on that issue. No, he, he's, I would agree. He's a pig. Okay, okay, you would agree with <laughs> whatever. But they—so but Christians can agree to disagree on that. Uh -huh. But they couldn't agree to disagree with that because the government and the state were so intertwined that people were murdered. Right. But and, that, all, and that's the thing. The, but that's an example of the government killing people for a non-prescribed. Uh, the church said it was, crime. but it, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. You you don't get to add something. There's nothing in the Bible that says you can kill somebody who is following a different doctrine. What, who there's no checks and balances becomes the problem. So if the church isn't holding the government to account because they're in bed with them, the the only thing that I would advocate that's for that's the harlot is, of Revelation for crying out loud. The, <laughs> The, the only thing that I would advocate for is the government under God's word, not the government under the church, not any of those spheres right. of authority intersecting. The government has rules that were given to it in the Bible. It needs to follow those rules. It, it doesn't need to follow the church. when somebody steals, right. it needs to repay three times, and the government should force them to do so. But so going back to the practical example, it's, there are those, and I don't want to make it personal about you guys. You've already kind of showed your cards on some of these things, but I can't remember exactly what's been said, so I don't even want to re rehash that. There would be some that would say, if you're, if you're worshiping Buddha and you have a Buddha statue in your house, you should, you should pay with your life. You should die. Okay. So and, I, and I would interpret and understand Scripture differently because the price for that particular sin was paid for by Christ— so and so we live, in a, we, we live in an age and an era of, of, of uh, the availing of mercy and grace. We actually have an example of that in the Bible. The, the Israelites worshipped the, the golden calf. They were idolatrous. As a nation, they were civilly punished by Moses and the Levites. Correct? I, I, I hope I'm remembering that story correctly. And the Levites went and killed a lot of people. Yes. Not everybody who participated in that died. Right. But presumably the people who were, and he made them drink it. the water from the ground up calf. So there are plenty of people that were David alive. wasn't so there, killed there, when there he were committed adultery with Bathsheba and had her husband killed. He wasn't he wasn't taken out back and stoned. No, but uh, he was the king, so he didn't follow the law for himself. So he was above the law. Yes. <laughs> um, but mean, I guess what, what my should have gone what my way. point is if if the children of Israel can be punished civilly for their idolatry with the golden calf. Is it now wrong to punish people civilly for it in a different context? They were unique. But first what? Peter chapter two says that we, the church, are a uh, what's the word? We are a, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. That's the language. I, I would agree they're unique, 
So that's us Specifically, now. why? In this context, that's the church. What, the church what? used to live in the confines of particular geopolitical borders, and now we don't anymore. We were once limited to a very narrow strip of land off the Mediterranean right. Sea, and now so, we don't so anymore. There, there's many commands in Scripture for what Christians should be doing or what Jews should be doing and, and, and then what Christians should be doing, right? What, what God's people, believers, should be doing. There's a whole different set of commands for what the government should be doing. What I'm saying is that the governments, the civil governments of this world, should be following those commands. Not all of the biblical commands regarding Christian living, the commands that, we, that the government, it says, government, you do this. Civil government, you do this. There's a few of those. Not that many, actually, compared to the whole totality of Scripture is all about Christian living. There are some things that are commanded for the government to do, and the government should be doing those things. Worshipping a statue in a theocracy is a death penalty offense. Worshipping a statue in a non-theocracy is not. So why did Israel get special rules? Because they were an example unto the nations. There was a promise made to to Abraham in chapter 12 that he was going to have a promised land. It was going to be very specific. And those called out people were to be a light and a lamp unto the surrounding Gentile nations. And now we are to be that, that light unto the world as the people of God. And so they had a very specific context. Uh, I mean, this is how it makes sense, uh, in my mind anyway, about how God would send his people in to completely, utterly slaughter the people who had been there before they arrived. So would it be unjust for a government now to to kill someone for any bowing reason. down to a statue? Or, forget a statue. Any reason. Is capital punishment unacceptable? You just said that David didn't didn't uh, get killed for his adultery. So are are you uh, are you making the argument that we should not have capital punishment? No, I'm not making that argument at all. So should it only be for murder then? It certainly it certainly would be for murder, right? What other ones besides murder would you want to have be every single punishment? one that's listed in the, in the Bible? So rape, adultery. So taking the Lord's name in vain. Is not punishable by death in the in the Old Testament. No blasphemy. Blasphemy is. That's taking the Lord's name in vain. The way blasphemy I'm, the way is, I'm is, defining it is calling somebody else God or saying that God is not who He is. Taking God's name in vain. That's is, idolatry. How are you to, how are you distinguishing between idolatry and blasphemy? Well, the 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 Jews were going to stone uh, uh, Christ because they thought He was committing blasphemy because He said He was God. So that would be an example of blasphemy. If I'm calling myself God and I'm not, obviously Jesus was God, and so therefore He was not blasphemous. Um, but they didn't understand that. Um, they were applying things a little bit wrong, also, because they were just going to stone somebody without any trial, without any witnesses, and things like that. The the government has a very specific prescription, and this is why the church should never be stoning people, or killing people, or punishing people in that way. They have excommunication as their as their weapon and and uh, and criminal uh, uh, or um, uh, punishment that they can do. But the government is the one that's supposed to be doing all these criminal punishments, and they have the trials. They have the to eyewitnesses and, and, and so on. And so, yes, if you're convicted after a fair trial that has had witnesses and, and they've been examined and, and all of that, then that's when uh, the punishment is meted out. So, so in, in my mind, justice doesn't differentiate between countries. If it's just for the Israelites to, to kill people for bowing down to a golden calf, 
it is also just for a Gentile nation. They to, weren't to bow down to the golden calf because they were to be examples to the Gentile nations surrounding them that there is one true God. It, there was a religious component connected. Americans aren't given that same charge. But Troy, that implies that other nations, it would not be wrong for them to bow down to a golden calf. No, it would be wrong, and they will pay that penalty in eternity. Canadians haven't been tasked with being a light to okay. the world. So what makes idolatry different than murder? Why should you be killed for uh, murder? We're going to have to have that big because we're running out of time. This is the Faith of Eight on News Radio 930 WFMD. Daniel, Elijah, and Troy are the people you've been hearing talk. Daniel Razvi, he's with a church in Thurmont called the church that meets at Imran's house and uh, is online at conqueredbylove.org. Uh, Elijah Dirksen is a seminary student in Florida. Visiting Maryland, I'm Troy Skinner, pastor of Household of Faith in Christ, online at householdoffaithinchrist.com. You can uh, follow me there. You can follow me at wfmd.com, too, for that matter, I guess. I encourage you to listen to the show. And uh, and last week's show is what I'm talking about and, con and connected to this show. And then next week's show, too, because I think these are all going to be building on one another. So that's, uh, that's what I'm inviting you and asking you to do, because I think it'll be helpful to you. That's my hope anyway. Till next week, 167 and a half hours from right about now. God bless.